Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favorite books into film. I'm Roxanne. I'm Rachel. And I'm Flo. And this is Typecast, brought to you by the Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're casting Frederica by Georgia. (laughs) I said Georgia, I'm sorry. Georgette Heyer. Here we go. We're just going to keep that. <laughs> We're going to keep that. Yeah, that's what that's an auspicious staying. start. <laughs> God damn it. I felt so good as I was doing it too. I thought I'm going to nail this <laughs> intro and then I really messed it up. Why is the intro so like psychologically I don't know. I've got scary for you. I don't know. Is it anyway. this pressure of the backing track? Is that- I think it's just the pressure of the recording. I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, this is, this is being laid down for history it's the trepidation where it's like hello <laughs> you'd be See, quite good on like a really late night radio actually yeah actually I don't think I'd feel pressure at late night radio I just feel like no one's listening so <laughs> I mean no one's listening <laughs> <laughs> I don't even yeah. know why I messed up her name I'm a big fan of Georgia <sighs> anyway so Frederica Rachel I imagine you're particularly excited because you're kind of her number one fan I'm a I am a big hair fan, <laughs> yeah. and this is this is probably in my top five hair books of all time too. You're so. a hair head. <laughs> Several years ago, now I decided I wanted to read every single one, and so I bought every book she'd ever published. There's like 50 of them, and um, I tracked them all down because some of them aren't really in print anymore. I tracked them all down, bought them all, and read them all back to back, and it took me in like order? <laughs> yeah, in order, yeah. In oh my order. god, like wow. in order of publication, it took me like eight weeks or something. I was by the time I got towards the end, I was reading them like in a day, like I could read them in an afternoon. That's impressive. That is really impressive. <laughs> yeah, so I am a hair fan and also a <laughs> bit of a hair expert. <laughs> so tell us, accidentally, so one one of the things that I find so interesting about Georgette Hair is that her books her books are perfect for adaptation, and yet no adaptation has ever been made. Why is one that ha- one hat one has been made? The Reluctant Widow got made. Um, it was like a black and white film. It's you can find it on YouTube. It's not that great, if I'm honest. It's very serious, which is yeah. weird because Hare's books are so sort of full of wit and humor. But um, yeah, her her novels as yet have never been adapted for screen because her estate still owns the rights and they won't sell them. Oh, just, really? Yeah, yeah. That simple. Yeah, I'd love to see adaptations of all her books. Me too. And you know, we we might. Mm. We might well. Like I think in kind of the age we're in now of like streaming, these would be perfect little like Netflix specials or yeah, like made for TV movie type things if they were really well done. So you never know, but uh, up until this point that's why they haven't been made because Hare herself didn't she didn't want to sell them. Like she didn't want to see them adapt adapted. So just for um, anyone who doesn't know, she was she was writing in the in the 30s right 30s and 40s yeah she's i think her first book was published like in the 20s and then she wrote all the way until she died she wrote thrillers didn't she but she's most famous for her regency romances um which she took very seriously didn't she she like researched constantly 
and was sort of yeah. known as yeah. one of the kind of leading kind of experts on the period as a result of that. She did a ton of research and she used to like from auctions buy old letters. She bought like one of Wellington's letters to like help her research for an infamous army and for another book that she did. She took such pains to make sure the the details of their fashion and of the manners and of the way they'd speak were reflective of the time period she was writing. Yeah. It does feel so genuine. The first time I picked up a Haya book, I didn't realize that she wrote it like in the 30s. I was like, well, in fact, actually, I think one of the ones I read was written in the 40s or 50s. And I was like, what? I was like, this, I, I totally thought I'd picked up something from the early 1800s. So it really, really does feel, the voices feel really genuine. The only thing I'd say that you know, is a bit more modern is occasionally the characters get to embrace <laughs> pretty sexy <laughs> they stuff. They definitely do. Yeah. There's always a kiss. Well, it's interesting as well because she puts far more detail into the world and she does far more sort of scene setting than someone like Austin would because she's trying to build that kind of authenticity. And so it doesn't surprise me that writers now use her as a source because actually there's going to be much more detail about what they're mm-hmm. wearing, what carriages they're taking, all of that stuff. So um, let's talk about Frederica then. Should Frederica, okay. We kick yeah. off with a synopsis? <laughs> let's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's tell people what we're talking about. Why not? Frederica Maryville has scrimped and saved to bring her beautiful sister Caris to London in the hope that she'll make a good match. But to enter into the first circles of London society, she needs a sponsor. And with this in mind, she applies to a distant cousin for help. The rich and handsome Marquis of Alverstoke has no intention of being inconvenienced by anyone. He's as known for his cool disregard of others as he is for his famous team of greys. Though he plans to give Frederica a set-down when they first meet, after seeing the vision that is Caris, he sees a chance to annoy his overbearing sisters instead. He agrees to launch Caris, and Frederica, into society. Before long, Alverstoke finds that the role of guardian is a much more hands-on experience than he bargained for. The irrepressible Maryville brothers plunge him into one drama after another, and soon Alverstoke discovers he's as much detached to the two boys as he secretly is to the headstrong Frederica. After a lifetime of refusing to be put out, Alverstoke happily turns his well-ordered life upside down. There's just one problem. Frederica, who thinks only of others and never of herself, seems oblivious to his attentions. I love this. I thought it was, it made me laugh a lot. Um, it's very it's very funny I think this is one of her funniest books it really felt to me sort of I don't know it was like PG Woodhouse meets Austin it really had mm-hmm. that kind of 30s kind of comedy of manners slapstick meets you know very refined society feel to it all those just ridiculous set pieces like the whole thing with the dog at the start is so great <laughs> and even just when they're trying to be good because Felix the, the the youngest character in it just is constantly getting into scrapes but even his his older brother Jessamy who's just this very serious character still manages to get into scrapes and it is just funny watching Alvastoke whose his whole being is to try and be as detached as possible being constantly drawn in and you know irrepressibly silly but so good at the same time the one thing I would have liked to have seen more in this one is um more of the couple yeah agreed there's that that lovely scene when they sort of go for the walk and he's like you know, dear Frederica, what are you thinking of? And she's thinking about that pork jelly. (laughs) (laughs) How they fall in love is very funny because it's very reluctant on his part. You know, he 
acknowledges pretty early on that he's really intrigued by Frederica, but is kind of like, no, I'm not doing this. And Frederica doesn't even realize it's happening. She's just sort of slowly comes to rely on him more and more and more until he's kind of the sole source of comfort in her life. He became sort of the linchpin that sort of holds their family together because she's been just doing everything by herself and can't really rely on her brother Harry to help her. And so eventually he sort of steps into this this role as as partner. And it's not until he comes across Frederica that he really meets someone that isn't actually interested in marrying him at all, isn't remotely interested. And he, for the first time ever, isn't sure isn't sure of himself after the there's after the intro where he it talks about how annoying his sisters are there's one sister in particular called Augusta and another sister called Eliza who he actually does like so his younger sister Eliza he likes and and she goes to visit Augusta being like oh my gosh I think he's in love with Karis this like brainless beauty you should you should have seen the way he was talking about her and Augusta who up until this point is described as being really annoying and top lofty and all this sort of stuff completely reads everything that he's been doing because he has this whole thing where he's sort of ignoring Frederica in order not to sort of appear like he's interested so she doesn't get scared away and the sister is like oh yeah he's in love with Frederica yeah she really pins him down in that Mm. scene doesn't she yeah up until that point, you think, oh, yeah, he's hiding it from everyone super well. <laughs> he isn't at all. <laughs> you also, if you were his sisters, you would be annoyed because you'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, he's like random people turn up and suddenly you're being their patron and like getting them out of these scrapes and hanging out with them. And like, you won't even come near my children who are your nieces and nephews because you yeah. think they're kind of ugly and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I definitely have some sympathy for them. It's very funny too, the scene when Alverstoke and Frederica meet and he comes to the house basically at the urging of his secretary, Charles, but he reluctantly starts to like her because she sort of refuses to be offended by him. Yeah. It's like she sort of calls, she can see that he's, you know, being put out and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I've offended you. Never mind, like off you go. And that is what he's like, well, actually I will stay. There are some just really funny moments too, because Karis described in the book is like, the most beautiful woman that anyone has ever seen, you know, and uh, Frederica knows that and she wants to introduce uh, Karis into society because she's like, oh, she'll make a great match. And she's not jealous of her or anything. Oh, and he sees her and as soon as he sees her, he doesn't think, oh, I'm going to fall beside myself in love with the beautiful one. He thinks, ah, I'm going to really get back at my sisters. <laughs> yeah. This is going to drive my sisters he insane. Is so <laughs> petty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, one of the reasons his sisters will be annoyed is because he launches um, Karis, like the most beautiful woman in the world, uh, with his nieces who just look like yeah. drabs he, next to her. Yeah, he agrees, he agrees to host a ball for his nieces and then his sisters show up only to realize that he's just... <laughs> totally winding them up there's some very entertaining moments in it and it does it, yeah. it does make you laugh i think that's the thing actually about this book and about a lot of hair books is like they're there to entertain you it's not she writes them so that you can pick them up and spend you know a delightful few hours just enjoying the story mm-hmm. and then you can sort of put it back down again and carry on and i really value her for that you know in frederica that nothing really bad happens at all there aren't really any major obstacles or hurdles between, you know, that come between them. 
it's just a case of Frederica sort of realizing that she's in love with him essentially. What's what where she is a master is it's hard to keep low stake books entertaining and having you turn the page, but she does she does manage that, you know, you you just feel delighted the whole way and it's just it's amusing and sweet and you know, yeah, perfect comfort read, I agree. You guys ready to uh, do some casting calls? I thought you were going to say ready to rumble for a second. Are you ready to rumble? Are you ready to rumble? (laughs) Oh my God, I should be a a DJ at children's discos. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I've got some rules. (laughs) Uh, First rule is only cast actors, don't cast sports personalities or musicians or politicians. Second rule is cast actors as they are now and don't cast them as they were when they were young in the 70s or whatever. Third rule, memorably, no deadies. Please, only live actors. And it's not really a rule, but whoever comes up with the most inspired choice will win the inspiration hat. Have we actually come up with a name for this yet? Is it just an inspiration hat? (laughs) There's actually a lot of characters in Frederica, but we're going to stick to... So Frederica, of course, and Alverstoke, of course. And we're going to cast Karis as well because, I don't know, she's just kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we've barely talked about her. <laughs> but she is important to the plot since everything sort of revolves around her and, and her beauty. Yeah, so nice she's... to think about her and the actress who plays Frederica and thinking about them as a kind of pair, I think, is useful. Karis is described as a diamond of the first water. <laughs> I love that so much. What does Which that mean? in Regency speak, it I don't means know. she's hot. as good looking as it's possible to be okay. in yeah, Regency maybe. times. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a description here. From her shining head of golden curls to her little arched feet, neatly shod in kid boots, she presented a picture to take any man's breath away. Her figure was elegant, her ankles well turned, her complexion had inspired several admirers to liken it to damask roses or to ripe peaches. Her tender mouth was exquisitely curved, her nose escaping the aquiline was straight with delicately carved nostrils, and her eyes, which gazed innocently upon the world, were of a heavenly blue and held an expression of candour and the hint of a wistful smile. She's very innocent. Like I think about that scene where Alvastroke takes her on a drive and she's talking about how she doesn't like living in the city or going to the balls because it feels like everyone's always staring at her and it's much more comfortable to be at a small party where you know everyone and feel comfortable with everyone. Yeah, yeah she's that, so she's without so, conceit. Like yeah, she doesn't she's, she's yeah. guileless, yeah. Yeah. That cute thing about how when people are looking at her she always thinks there's something on her face. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is very sweet. Aww. That's Karis. So and then Frederica. And then Frederica. We have a description of her. I do. I do. Um he saw that she was quite young, probably some 3 or 4 and 20 years of age. Her person well formed and her countenance distinguished by a pair of candid grey eyes, a somewhat masterful little nose, and a very firm mouth and chin. Her hair, which is all of a light brown, was becomingly braided a la Didon, and her gown, which she wore under a striped dress spencer, was of fine cambric, made high to the throat and ornamented round the hem with double trimming. That's probably enough on her, because it just goes into her place. The way Frederica is described several times throughout the book is she's good-looking, 
except when she's beside her sister. Uh, Vernon's sister says that if it if she wasn't around uh, Karis so often, she'd actually be a very pretty girl, but she's constantly next to Karis, which sort of... Frederica is kind of acts as the head of the family from the time she's a teenager. So even though she's supposed to be young, you know, she's very much an adult. She's really in possession of herself. Yeah, and she seems older as well, doesn't she? So I think... Yeah. Although she's meant to be 24, I think you could easily cast an actress a bit older than that and it would work. Mm -hmm. Anything written in that kind of time period, the characters are always crazy young. When I'm casting, I'm usually taking them all up like by 10 years. I also think like the cultural context, you know, so that for instance, Frederica is young and attractive still, but she sort of sees herself as well past marriage age and that at at 23 means nothing now, but if you're like 40, I can, I, you know, there's a sort of like contextualization yeah. of, of, you know, yeah. how our society values women. She, yeah, she, she hasn't, she hasn't turned up to London thinking she will also get married. Mm. She thinks she'll never be married. And then shall we discuss Vernon? I have the a very dog. funny, <laughs> so, so. He's he's immediately described as having black hair and and gray eyes, which Rachel you're saying is a Georgette Heyer staple, right? Cool, cool gray eyes is the color for <laughs> hair. <laughs> but the thirstiest description in the book comes from Frederica's brother Harry. Harry, pausing with one foot on the first of the shallow steps leading up to the door, received an instant impression of tremendous elegance. That coat of blue superfine was molded over magnificent shoulders, and those clinging pantaloons in no way concealed the swell of muscles in his lordship's powerful thighs, which Ooh. unmistakably proclaimed the athlete. <laughs> Just like, what a phrase, his lordship's powerful thighs. <laughs> Swell of that could actually be the title of, of a romance novel, couldn't it? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> These Regency guys are kind of hard to cast. They are. They are. Because you need to have someone sort of stern, classic looking. <laughs> I've got I've got a few. He's so I only I just decided to go first. <laughs> oh, I see. Just, I see. Oh, I'm just, go, ahead. Then. go ahead. <laughs> um, I only had uh, one pick. She immediately came to mind and I was like, ah, done. Uh, and it was Lily James. No. Why? She's a bit too old, I think. I, I, I think. I know I think we talked about aging up, but I feel like she just seems too together. Sort of. I'm completely, I'm fine with her age, but she, yeah, she's got too much spirit i don't think she's beautiful enough like she's not striking enough she uh, lily james would be more of a frederica to me whereas like she is a beautiful woman and when you look at her you're like oh you're beautiful like and you know her and you know her personality but lily james is not like on site sort of a knockout beauty an empty an empty headed knockout beauty really (laughs) she's literally played cinderella who is in the entire brand is empty-headed knockout beauty. I think that she works in the sense of like that very Regency sensibility of mm. she looks extremely like she's a real English rose. When you're casting a film like this, you don't want Karis to be so beautiful it's distracting because you want the, the spotlight to be on your heroine. So you know it's a good pick. You know I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a good pick, but it's like, I, I don't like it. 
It's not a good pick. <laughs> I mean, all your right, reasoning right. is is sound. It's a very you know, it all makes sense, but it just feels all wrong. Thanks, I hate okay. it. <laughs> Vibe wise, I think she's more Frederica, but uh, Gabrielle Wild, I think, would also be really Gabriella. That Wilde. was she's she's on my list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She like she's um she plays Caroline in, in Poldark and Poldark, yeah. And she's just, but she's she's got quite an acerbic personality in Paul Dark. So I thought maybe she'd be good as as uh, as Frederica, but I couldn't quite place her. But yeah, I mean, she definitely oh, has the right look. Oh, she's got a perfect look for it. Yeah, she's yeah. not. She's yeah. the, she to me is like Karis all over. That that's who I that was my pick. So you really spiked my guns there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that is that your pick then, right? Should you yep, have someone that- else? That was my pick, oh, and I pick, think okay. she would be. I think she would be perfect for it. Um, I had I had two others potentially that could be in the running. Um, one was Imogen Poots. I can see that. Mm-hmm. She's just a very striking beauty, I think, and has big, huge eyes. And then another one I said was, um, especially if we needed her to be like f- quite a bit younger. My like Gabriella Wilde, I think, is thirty one. But my kind of backup, if you guys said that was too old, was Elle Fanning. Yeah, I mean, but then I I think Elle Fanning has the exact right vibe. I I don't think, and and I think she's, yeah, I would absolutely cast her. Yeah, actually, I think actually she's the best so far. Do you guys remember when we went to the cinema together to see a movie that Elle Fanning was in? What was it? It was like oh, it was Sleeping Beauty or something. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so not I turned up. I, no. I turned up to Maleficent two. A having not seen Maleficent one, and like due to some sort of seating mix up at the theater, I couldn't. Like it was assigned seating, and I couldn't sit with the girls. And there was only one seat left, and it was like a chair, like an actual like chair in the corner, completely separate from the rest of the seating that I had to. St- <laughs> Like that I had to sit in alone as if I was in detention or something. And then Maleficent, Maleficent 2 comes on. I had no idea what was going on for the entire film. Good time. Yeah. Oh I do God. remember when we came out being like, oh, that was that was silly and boring. And you were like, that's the worst film I've ever seen in my life. But we uh, had those like kids in front of us as well that were just moving constantly standing oh, up know. in the seats i know how annoying to have kids in a cinema when you Honestly. try to watch maleficent. Try to enjoy maleficent okay so l fanning i think, I actually, think that is that's very good, good. i think gabriella wild has the most like uh look for it in terms of the book but i actually think for purpose i think l fanning is is a brilliant choice um so my choice if either of you even care at this point um is freya allen who plays princess cirilla in the witcher ah yet again the witcher well maybe you should just watch the witcher and then we wouldn't have this problem she looks i think very much like a caris like she's slightly strange looking in a very striking way she's got this sort of big blue eyes and the kind of really sharp cheekbones and the sort of really pale hair and i just think she has a really good look for it okay do you, have okay. another, do you have another one? Was that your main? Oh, I, I wrote down Millie Bobby Brown, but no. <laughs> she, she almost oh, no. said it was, is, is, I don't know. I was just feeling a little crazy. <laughs> Too crazy. Okay, well, Frederica, should we go into a main or do we want to? Yeah, let's do Frederica. Okay. Um, I went older. 
but I, I really only have two picks. And I, I do think she's probably a bit too old for the role, but I thought she'd be great in it, is uh, Romola Garay. And she plays Emma and Emma, not the recent one, but the TV adaptation. And she also played Sugar in The Crimson Petal and The White and Marin Brandt in The Miniaturist. And she's lovely looking, but she's also, she's kind of a beauty that you don't notice straight away. And then as you watch her, she becomes sort of more and more beautiful. And she's just a wonderful actress. I think she'd be good. Yeah, I don't mm. mind that. I haven't said their worlds on yeah. fire. You should see their faces. <laughs> That's, to me, nothing about her says Frederica to me. <laughs> I'm extremely attached to Frederica and Romola Garay is just, okay. Well, she ain't it. Well, then the, the second one I thought, and I don't know how well this will go down, but I thought maybe Vanessa Kirby, who played Princess Margaret in The Crown. Um, yeah, I had her on my list. Yeah, she's kind of used to being overshadowed by her sister, so I thought <laughs> that she'd play the role well. She's She's got a bit of spark. She's really charming. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I thought she'd be good. I took her off my list because I think there's something, maybe it's just seeing her play Margaret, that she seems to have that slightly kind of fiery, sort of powerful energy Mm. that I don't really think is totally suited to Frederica, who's much more sort of light and easygoing. I actually, I really like Vanessa Kirby. And it's funny because I actually briefly thought about her for Cars, but I was like, no, no, she's not right. But she's not a, she's not Frederica to me either. I don't see, I just don't see her in this adaptation at all. Right, so, um, come on, come on, save us. Okay, your choices for me. Frederica is Anne Hathaway. <laughs> of course, it's Anne Hathaway. It is Anne Hathaway. Frederica literally Anne Hathaway. is Anne Hathaway. Is it? It absolutely is. Everything about Frederica is Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I mean, apart from the way you can't she just say looks. that. You have to like actually say some evidence. Yeah. What What is that about Anne Hathaway? That I just think you just love Anne, Anne Hathaway. I do love Anne Hathaway, but I think that Anne Hathaway to me is so Frederica because A, she has the look for it. That's what I picture Frederica looking as is just, you know, very beautiful. And it's like when you when Frederica's first described, it's like she has quite like a strong mouth and chin, which Anne Hathaway has. And Frederica is so sort of optimistic and sort of positive and sensible. And Anne Hathaway can really capture that. Like, just think about how Frederica just gets on with it. I just find it hard to believe that you wouldn't immediately be looking at... Oliver Stroke is immediately looking at Anne Hathaway. So in that sense, it works. Like, the, the whole point of Frederica is that all the way through, he's like, it's so obvious that Frederica is the real catch of the two sisters. Like, Yeah, to Cars him, it's obvious to-, to him, but sort of not. But it's, it's, no, it's obvious to others, too, because think about the ball scene. The only person who actually thinks Frederica isn't a catch is Frederica. Because she is a huge, she is also a huge success at the ball, and it says afterwards she has just as many mire, admirers as Karis. Do you know what you could do? You could give her, you could hire the same hairdresser who did Sally Hawkins' hair in Persuasion <laughs> to yeah. just tone just her give down. Her, just a give bit. her the worst hair. I knew you guys were going to hate Anne Hathaway, and you were just going to. I don't. I don't, I don't hate, hate it. it. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't think I'd object to seeing Anne Hathaway on screen I, doing it. Got any other okay, choices? I've, I do. I have one other rogue choice that you might like, and um, that's an actress called Sophie Skelton, who um, you would probably know best as Brianna from Outlander, Claire and Jamie's daughter. Oh, I can see that. I can see that more probably than Anne Hathaway, although I, I like Anne Hathaway more and more for it. I like the idea of casting a slightly more famous actress, I guess, in, that, in the mm. lead role, but mm-hmm. I can... She is good from memory of 
certainly no, she's sort of more what American I would envision accent. as Frederica, but I think I'd like Anne Hathaway more in the role, if that makes sense. Anne Hathaway's the one, but I think we'll say yours. <laughs> so, Rach, actually, listening to you talk about all of the qualities of Frederica that you thought made Anne Hathaway the great choice, I think you can apply to this actress, who is probably a little bit old, but Hayley Atwell I oh think my gosh! Be I love Haley Atwell as Hayley you know. Atwell too. As you know, no, I, I love her. I I I thought of Haley Atwell too, and then I thought I don't know if she's 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 a bit um, older or maybe a bit too beautiful. But I love that. I would absolutely. To me, she I, has that perfect Frederica energy. You know how she is in like the Marvel films. Like she's so, like you say, Rachel. She's so poised, mm-hmm. um, and she's just so practical. And sort of gets on with things. And she's sort of obviously very beautiful, but kind of in a handsome way rather than a really yeah. kind of pretty way. You do kind of believe too that like all the, because Frederica actually gets quite a lot of uh, offers of marriage in this book. And you kind of do believe that the men would be sort of being like, oh, yes, your sister's very pretty and innocent, but I'm sidling up to Frederica because she's the one I really want, you know. So I, I, I must admit, I really like Hayley Atwell. The only, I mean, I love Hayley Atwell as a person. That my only reluctance about her as Frederica is I do think you're right that she could do a lot of the Frederica stuff, but Frederica to me has like a really she has a really sunny disposition that is to me is more captured by Anne Hathaway, who just sort of looks a bit perky. I don't know that you get that vibe as much from Haley Atwell. I see which what you mean. Only, yeah, that's the only thing that would be missing for her. From she her maybe has too much sort of gravitas. She's she's almost just by nature feels a little bit too sort of serious. Like Haley Atwell, you know, the look of her is someone she, she almost has like a bit of stoicism about her. Yeah. Like she's she's been through some stuff and she's just very she's has sort of a very regal bearing. Yeah, I I I, I take that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um so my second choice was sort of informed by how much comedy there is in the book and kind of wanting to lean into that comedy. So I was thinking that Karen Gillan actually could be quite a good Frederica. Yeah, I can She's such a good too. comic actress. She's so, she has that sunny light disposition, but she's also very attractive. Um, but she also has that kind of slightly boyish energy in a way that I think works for Frederica. Can you see Karen Gillan as a Marquess though? <laughs> Mar- Marchioness. Marchioness. How do you say that, Marchioness? I know. And how do you, Did you know it, they pronounced Marquis Marquis here? Marquis. 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 Isn't that weird? I can see Karen But Gillen. can you? Can you see her as like a, a titled lady of consequence? Can you see Anne Hathaway as a titled mm-hmm. lady of consequence? That any question you ask her about Anne Hathaway, she's obviously going to just say yes. I think all these choices are good, but I don't think any of them are right, if that makes sense. I don't yeah, know if we've nailed Frederica as a character. I mean, when do when do we ever? I know. <laughs> to be honest. Sometimes we do. Sometimes I feel like we hit upon something and we're like, yes, you're a bloody genius. Should we try Alverstoke? Yeah, yes. let's try. My first choice, which I don't think I'll get yelled at for, is um, uh, his name is Santiago Cabrera, and he's a Chilean-British actor. And he plays Rios in Picard and Joseph Bachman in Big Little Lies. And he's just really sexy. Oh, yeah, he's, and he's got that kind of I don't know. He's he, got this he's got a stern brow. Oh yeah, he's got a stern brow. And he's also he he's he's got this sort of quiet authority about him. Um, he doesn't look haughty enough to me. 
I think he could do it though because he he's sort of his role in Picard plays a sort of bit of a drunk captain, but he go like there are moments where he has to be really authoritative and and I don't know. I I think he'd be good. And I know what you mean actually, Phil, because he sort of has like a bit of a boyish charm to him. Yeah, which Alvar Stroke I don't think really has. No, he doesn't look sort of rigid enough. Okay, well then my second choice. <laughs> my second choice. Is is obviously Matthew Good just because he looks exactly <laughs> the role. Come on, though, like he does. I he does. I no, mean, he'd be he he he'd be good for this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I yelled out. I really thought I would be. Well, we're not. It's just you know, no, it's Matthew- not arbitrary. <laughs> like just when you suggested him for Wentworth, that was a bad suggestion. I and now this is a good suggestion. Not a bad choice, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I he he looks the part. He's. You know, especially because they keep calling him elegant, and I feel like Matthew Good is kind of elegant. Do you know what? He's he's a dossier pick for me, so you know, and I always like to see Matthew Good in something. Well, I then I'll stop there because he's goes. definitely he's definitely haughty. He's definitely kind of upright and rigid. You can see that he's a bit full of himself, but he's also can do the charm very well. And I think that he could do a good good turn in the kind of dry humor that you need mm. as Alva Stoke. And being bored. <laughs> when I was researching, I thought maybe this would come up for you, Rox, because I know you're also a fan of this actor. And I think I would like him more than Matthew Good for this is Lee Pace. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I mean, I you could have, have Lee Pace in this if it. you want. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'll I'll just I'll just point out I'll allow the last it. time the last time I brought up Lee Pace. He wasn't he wasn't rugged enough in 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 a in a version where we then where Rach then suggested Wes Bentley. <laughs> so that was a good that was not a bad pick at all. I don't understand was, what happened. The rugged there. I'm still Wes Bentley. Trying to work out how you hypnotized us into thinking Wes Bentley <laughs> was a good idea. I listened back to that episode and I'm like, I think I was just tired and confused. No, Lee Pace would be Lee Pace would make a good Alverstoke because Alverstoke as a character, he isn't rugged at all. He's kind of he's like very urbane. He's like a town beau. You know what I mean? He's well dressed. He takes great pains over how he looks. He loves like a kind of fancy, well ordered life. So he doesn't I need like to Lee be Pace, like a yeah. sort of yeah. rugged, do, powerful. And that's the same reason that Matthew Good would be yeah. good. Yeah. You know. I think I think realistically Matthew Good's probably the better pick, but I would love to see Lee Pace in this kind of adaptation. I think he'd do a great job. So I do like that. Uh, you got anyone else? He'd look good with Anne Hathaway. Who? Lee Pace or Matthew Good? Yeah, Matthew Good. I mean, Anne Hathaway looks good with everyone. So does he. Oh, that's They're true. very good looking people. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. Oh, was it my turn? Oh, yeah, still, it's still your turn. You said Lee Pace and then you just completely checked out. <laughs> Lee Pace is not my pick. That was still oh. under. That was still under Roxas. Lee what? Pace has nothing to do what? with me. <laughs> you said Lee Pace. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I just said your pick. <laughs> just, just tell us your picks. <laughs> we just had a damn conversation about Lee Pace, which you suggested, and you're like, "That wasn't my pick. That was your pick." <laughs> it wasn't one of my picks. I was just saying, like, as kind of as an, an alternate. As an, yeah, exactly. As an alternate to Matthew Good, Lee Pace, another one of your faves, wouldn't have, another dossier pick for Roxanne wouldn't have been a bad suggestion. I would like to put forward an actor. He's an American actor called Matt Bomer, who I've most recently seen as um, McCoy Whitman in the new Will and Grace. He's too handsome, I think. Do you know who else would be really good for this is Richard Armitage 10 years ago. Is this your choice or is Rachel. this Flo's choice or my choice? I just want to. <laughs> Rachel, you're, bra- you're breaking a rule there. 
<laughs> That's my true choice. But, yeah, obviously Richard Armitage in his North and South days. So he, I mean, but that's he's just basically Georgia Hayes. Yeah. That's, Richard that's Armitage big, yeah. is basically my pick for anything that's set before 1900. Uh, yeah, he's he's an amazing choice, but you're breaking all the rules. And you know what happens to rule breakers? Pretty much nothing. Okay. So, well. so, so far we have Lee Pace, <laughs> which is not your choice. We have Matt Bomer, a curveball. And we have Rich Armitage 10 years ago. Yeah. Is that where is we're that, at? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Maybe. all of those are good. <sighs> okay, fine. Flo, who do you have? Jesus. <sighs> okay. So this actor. And happily in Rich Armitage on the other hand. Anyway, sorry. <gasps> of 10 years ago. Absolutely. Don't encourage sorry. her. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I just, I do like that choice. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so this actor has been banded around a few times he's definitely in a dossier or two and I just think that his his vibe is very Alva Stoke um Chiwetelegia for do you know what he occurred to me too I thought he would be great but then I thought you know what I'm just going to get chewed out because we're always wheeling out Chiwetel <laughs> we're like but I uh, haven't I haven't wheeled him out this this series so I just thought it was I've, my I've turn wheeled him out twice. <laughs> honestly he occurred to me he has the exact vibe and energy yeah he can well, do yeah. like upright and haughty and refined mm. but he's also got so much warmth and charisma and sweetness and he can do comedy like i just mm-hmm. think he'd be great oh, they're all good picks but I, I you know i think the obvious i think the one that would get cast is probably matthew the- matt bomer yeah matt bomer i agree <laughs> <laughs> um i also thought uh, James McAvoy could do it. Oh my god, he was on my list too. I had James McAvoy. It, honestly, Chiwetel and James McAvoy—they were—they were on my list. Um, yeah, because he's just got that perfect haughty energy, and he's—he's—he just like really sweeps you up in a film. <laughs> Rachel's has a thoughtful look on her face. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could do it. I probably, I guess, of all the th- people we've said, I'd have to go with Chiwetel because he's the hottest. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I, like I said, I like Chiwetel, Matthew Good, and Lee Pace. I like all those. All right, so who's getting the inspiration hat then? I thought Anna Hathaway was pretty good. Who's the, who's the diamond of, of the first water? Elle Fanning, I think, was very inspirational. Not to put myself forward, Oh, yeah, but. actually, Elle Fanning was. I would say that that's probably the best. One. I thought we said we couldn't vote for our own <laughs> choices. <laughs> no, we, we said we could. I think yeah, you I think said we could. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, who's the ninny hammer? That's true, yeah. Who's the ninny hammer? I think it should just be Rach because <laughs> <laughs> you suggest you know that wasn't yours. <laughs> Goodbye. Do I get it for saying Millie Bobby Brown? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Maybe you're the ninny hammer. Okay. Yeah, that was, was a brutal pick on your part. I'm the ninny hammer of the week, and I will take it graciously. <laughs> <laughs>